Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. From the Gert Boyle Studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. Last year, the University of Southern California and UCLA announced that they'll be leaving the Pac-12 after this season. Last week, the University of Colorado made the same announcement. So the Pac-12, which was formed in 1959 and still includes the University of Oregon and Oregon State University, is poised to become an unsustainable, odd-numbered Pac-9. In other words, something has to give. Perhaps the conference will gain a new member, or it could cease to exist as we know it. Zachary Neal joins us to talk about these scenarios and more. He is a managing editor for USA Today's Ducks Wire, which focuses on U of O sports. Zachary, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Why are these teams leaving? (laughs) Well, as many things in life, it all boils down to money, I think, in the very end. Um, The Pac-12 has been, I don't want to say struggling to uh, find the money that, you know, other conferences are finding. But uh, you look at these TV contracts that some of the conferences, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the SEC, that they're signing with the likes of ESPN, NBC, ABC, etc., and these schools are getting upwards of $30, $40, 50000000 million per year in revenue. Um, and the Pac-12 right now cannot compete with that. Um, so the Pac-12's media rights deal is up next year. And some schools, like you mentioned, USC, UCLA, Colorado more recently, they do not feel confident that the Pac-12 is going to get a new deal that will see them you know, get as much money as, as they could in another conference. So they are choosing to jump ship and follow money wherever it may be. I had seen reports yesterday and this morning that the the new Pac-12, I guess we still call it that, uh, deal, uh, TV deal was going to be announced today. Has, ha- has it happened? I mean, is it happening right now? So announced is a loose word. Yes, there was a meeting between the, the Pac-12 commissioner, George Kulabkov, and um, all Pac-12 presidents and athletic directors, directors this morning. Um, details of that meeting have not come out yet. There are rumors about what the deal may be, um, reports that it's going to be not with the TV partner, per se, like ESPN or NBC or Fox, but rather with Apple TV and be the first uh, streaming service to get a college brand or college conference. Um, which, you know, depending on who you are, you may like that, you may hate that, where it is that most of the conference commissioner, conference um, Pac-12 presidents are not a fan of that. They don't love the uh, streaming platform idea just because it's new and, you know, we don't really know how that's going to play in college football. So, yes, the meeting happened. No deal has been presented just yet, but uh, that could change, you know, while we're on this call right now. So it's it's a fluid situation. Is it fair to say um, that when we're talking about TV deals here, we're really talking almost exclusively about college football? Mostly, yes. I mean, there are some other sports that drive revenue. You get men's basketball, a little bit of women's basketball. But you look at the Olympic sports, you know, your gymnastics, swimming, track and field even. Those are real, not not really big revenue drivers. So when you're talking about these contracts, yes, you're talking about mainly football and college sports right now. So let's let's turn to Oregon teams, starting with the U of O and and their potential calculus right now. Um, what would the reasons be for uh, for Oregon to decide to stay in the pack 
let's say that pack 10, let's say another team is added. Um, <clears throat> some marquee teams are gone. Why would the U of O decide to stay? One of the biggest reasons is because, you know, the end goal every year is to get a spot in the college football playoff. Um, in next year, the college football playoff, which is currently at four teams that make it every year and compete for a championship, that expands to 12 teams next year. And so right now there are no, I mean, the the winner of the Pac-12 each year is not guaranteed a spot in the, the college football playoff, no matter how good you are, no matter your record, because it's it's decided by a committee. And if they think another team from the SEC is better than the, the champion of the Pac-12, then they're going to choose the SEC team. So next year, I believe it is, it expands to 12 teams where the winner of each Power 5 conference, you know, the, the champion of that conference gets an automatic bid into the playoffs. So if Oregon stays in a Pac-12 conference that is arguably weaker without your USC's, your UCLA's, then they've got a better chance of getting into the playoffs. So that would be the main reason that they would end up staying. However, if it comes at a, a cost and they don't get the the media revenue that they could with another conference, then you kind of have to weigh your outcomes, see which is more important to you. So, okay. So um, bigger fish in a, a, a now smaller pond or a pond <laughs> that doesn't have Correct. University of Southern California yes. in it. Um, Correct. How, how, what's the most likely scenario to, for what, is at this point slated to become the Pac-9 for it to actually become the Pac-10. Who is the most likely addition? I think right now you have to have your eyes on San Diego State. Um, that gets a little bit complicated because there was a deadline that they had to meet. I believe it was less than a month ago that you know they had to opt out of their deal with the Mountain West. Uh, they missed that deadline because they were unsure what the Pac-12 was going to look like. So I guess they could kind of blame that on the the TV revenue deals that were not put forth by that Pac-12. So what they have to do is they have an exit fee to pay the Mountain West, which is currently, well, it was at $17 million, but they missed that deadline. So now it is doubled to $34 million that they have to pay to the Mountain West Conference if they want to leave to get to the Pac-12 by 2024. That doesn't mean it's impossible. It's just a lot more expensive. But at this point, San Diego State's probably the most likely team. Um, you could also look at, you know, teams like SMU, Colorado State, um, you know, a few teams like that in the Mountain West. But I would have my eyes on San Diego State for sure. Okay. So th th one scenario is San Diego State joins the, the Ducks and everybody else stay. Um, the other is that um, that the, the Ducks decide that they want to leave. Maybe University of Washington leaves as well. What would the U of O gain by jumping ship they would gain a seat at the big boys table i would say so there's there's kind of been this trend in college football over the past i'd say almost decade with this conference realignment that everything is kind of going towards more of an nfl style rather than college football style where there's two big leagues you know in the nfl you have the nfc and the afc now it's kind of looking like you may go from a power five model where you had the pac-12 Big 12, SEC, ACC, um, and Big 10 to where now you may just have the SEC, Big 10, and maybe the Big 12. Um, so if Oregon can get into the Big 10, which is the desired spot, because that's where USC is, it's where UCLA is, it's where a lot of Oregon's non-conference rivals are, 
that would be, you know, that would give them a seat at the big boys table, make sure that they've got great revenue uh, coming in each year. And it would just, you know, it it would make sure that they're still, you know, in, in the spot to be in college football. I mean, is it just like some kind of old man yelling, get off my lawn to complain about the end of meaningful regional rivalries in college football? Not at all. I think that that's a, a very valid complaint, and I think one that a lot of a lot of people share with you. Because if this were to happen, I know we're probably going to mention Oregon State a little bit. Uh, if if Oregon left for the Big Twin or the Big Ten, or they left for the Big Twelve, if they went somewhere, Oregon State is not as big of a brand as Oregon. It is not as desired or coveted by these other conferences. So it's likely that Oregon and Oregon State would break up, and they would not have these yearly matchups against each other. The the rivalry formerly known as a civil war would not be a yearly thing anymore unless they really made uh, an effort in non-conference scheduling to make it happen. So yeah, it's it's a little bit sad and and kind of frustrating at a point to see it it's come to this point. I, is, I mean, I'm, I'm curious what you think about the, the long-term strategy here. Obviously, money rules a day in almost every aspect of our lives. And and I can see why a university president um, would say, if I can get $40 million versus 31 or whatever, I can see how that, how that makes sense. But in the long term, do you think fans will lose some interest if, uh, nationwide if regional rivalries that, that existed for decades just stop existing? You know, that's really tough to say. I think that there is a certain facet of fans, probably the the older generation of fans will be really bummed to see that. But I think that you look at the the newer, younger generation of fans too, that they want to see games between Oregon and Ohio State and Oregon and Michigan and, and USC and Ohio State, all these teams. They want to see that every weekend where we only get that maybe once a year now. So um, I think it'll probably divide the, the fan base of college football a little bit more than it is right now. But you know, you look at, like I said earlier, the NFL model, the NFL is the most popular sport in America. So I, I don't think that, I think there's a, a blueprint for it to work, but um, it's definitely going to take some getting used to for everybody. So then where does this leave teams like Washington State or Oregon State? I mean, if, if as you say, the big guys don't want them, where does that leave them? It leaves them in an incredibly tough spot. Um, these are not times where I would want to be an Oregon State or Washington State fan or an alumni because it kind of looks like they are going to be playing, um, you know, like they're just not going to have a seat at the table. Uh, we talk about Oregon currently being a big fish in a, a nine-team pond. If things go on the current trajectory and you get, you know, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, the so-called four-corner schools in the Pac-12, there's rumors that they're probably going to be the next to go to the Big 12. Then you would get Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, maybe go to the Big 10. Then you're left with, you know, Oregon State and Washington State with nowhere to go. Um, there's thoughts that they might merge with the, the Mountain West Conference, so you would be playing with Boise State, uh, Nevada, Utah State, schools like that. But then they're, they're kind of the oversized fish, I guess, and a little bit of a, a medium-sized pond, but a, a smaller pond. But no matter what the outcome is, I don't see a, a positive one for Oregon State or Washington State. And just to be clear, going back to this question about football, it's that's just one sport. And clearly, when you're looking at 
the entirety of college athletics at a school like the University of Oregon, there are, you know, a dozen more teams for men and women. All of them would have to switch over, right? So meaning Correct. lacrosse and track and field and swimming and everything that they would go to play Ohio or, or whoever. Everybody has to change because of football. Correct. That's what complicates this more than it already is because, now, I mean, this started with the USC and UCLA. Of course, football traveling to the Midwest or the East Coast to play is not that big of a deal. The football's got the money to, to fly the team's charter and get them in nice hotels and do all this. But when you've got UCLA gymnastics, who's got a, an in-conference meeting against, you know, Rutgers or Michigan State, how are they going to find the money and the revenue to, to you know, make it across country to get those in-conference meets and, and, you know, have a level of uh, comfortability in staying and, and still be able to um, deal with their, you know, coursework because these are still student athletes on top of this. And we're starting to get into a world where because of football, we're treating them as just athletes. Zachary Neal, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much. That's Zachary Neal, managing editor for USA Today's Ducks Wire, which is focused on University of Oregon sports.